Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this edition of the End Time Tribune. This July the 8th, 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, talk about some high strangeness going on. Oh, my goodness. Just would like to bring it to everybody's attention that this came out in the news this week that the Supreme Court ruled that the Philippines... Uh, said the chief executive should be trusted to declare martial law and should have the sole discretion on its scope. Absolutely off the charts. He can declare martial law in the whole of the Philippines. Take note, this came out on the 6th. I wanted to remind everybody, so on my Twitter feed, I put up the news uh, back from 2007. That was when uh, the largest flag in the world had been presented uh, to Israel, and beside it out there in the desert was the ones that presented it to them. That was the Philippines flag. A great act of kindness. This, of course, broke the world record for the largest flag ever. It caught my attention, and I knew something was coming. And I thought to myself, you know, back then, that chief executive of the Philippines had showed great kindness to Israel. And I thought to myself, I don't think the Lord's going to take this too kindly. Well, just take note. You talk about weather chaos. This is what happened. Later that week, this week, in the Philippines, first they had a 6.5 earthquake hit them. And then literally minutes later, a tornado cuts through, displacing two entire villages. This happened on July 6th. Be very careful what you do, ladies and gentlemen. On to uh, more proof that things are not normal and you should not lay down. You should not roll over. You should certainly not go back to sleep. This is from today. A 112-year-old heat record in Phoenix tumbles. It's a high on Friday reached 117 degrees Fahrenheit, smashing the previous record, held at 115. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot to cover tonight. Plenty of economic news, plenty of geopolitical news, 
oh, we have our plates full today. It is time that you put your trays into the upright positions and buckle your seat belts. For we, your host, Clinton Co-Watch, Brian Ingram, and Matthew Miller, have properly oiled the saddles, clawing at the dirt, just itching, just itching for someone to pull the trigger on that start gun. Why, well, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. Let's get Clinton in the saddle and see how his week has progressed and what he's been keeping his eye on. Clinton, jump right on in here. Yeah, everyone, it's uh, good to be back with you. Um, you know, this uh, this week has seemed like there's a lot of information being thrown at us, um, but it's, it's kind of hard to put the dots together to see exactly how they're transpiring. I mean, with the, the meeting at, at the G20 summit, um, with, you know, issues with the banking system continuing to expand to where uh, an Italian bank basically was just, uh, lack of a better word, consumed by the government, um, to, you know, the spread of, of diseases and stuff like that. It's just, it's just everywhere you look is going crazy. And then you have North Korea on top of that. Um, and, you know, their parades and their missile launches and now that they can actually go after Alaska. So uh, we just have a lot of things happening, a lot of things going at us at, at full speed. Yes, full speed. That That's what I would call it. You know, kind of like, uh, kind of like the Titanic when that uh, iceberg that they found with red paint on it the next day comes screaming out of the mist. That's kind of exactly what it's like. Brian, what have you been looking at this week, buddy? And uh, what have you been keeping your eyes on? What's what's your feel of the week so far? Oh, this week I've been uh, working through a lot of, uh, I'd say, modern recent history. I guess even going back to the good old 1500s and earlier. And I've discovered... I would say something I noticed a little while back, but it's been solidified. I noticed a really rather disturbing pattern that we'll talk about when I get there. As far as what have I been watching, news, sporadic little tiny pieces here and there, trying to kind of get up to speed here while we're moving into the show, and I'm already seeing some odds and ends that are fairly concerning, but what's, I guess, even more bothersome is these things were pretty much to be expected had pointed out a lot of these things would be taking place and we keep seeing them, which means we're edging closer and closer by the moment folks. So that's, uh, that was my week back over to you guys. That's right. Edging closer and closer and closer to something. If you know the geographical locations to look, ladies and gentlemen, then you pour over the genetic data. And you look back at the map. Then you just do a precursory scan of the news. You begin to see that... Well, you begin to hope that what you're riding is a donkey instead of a steed. Because a donkey, it'll set down. It won't go over the cliff. But a steed, it'll blow over that puppy Full speed ahead, not even flinch. And that's fact. Clinton, you're up first. Uh, let's give us your new spill, man. Yeah, not a problem. We, uh, like I kind of said earlier, we have a lot of different things being thrown at us all at the same time, and uh, it's it's kind of a, a it's kind of hard to put it together in a way to make it actually make sense. Um, so 
you know, I, I guess kind of the first couple of things I want to talk about is, is the, the G20 summit that uh, wrapped up yesterday. Um, the meeting was on 7 7 17, um, which is Friday, and then Saturday the 8th as well. Um, and, and basically, the 20 largest, you know, economies or the people that make all the decisions for the world economy all get together and and talk about the direction of the world and we know according to the their agenda for 2020 you know which the climate initiative was a huge portion of that they're trying to uh, move the world into be a global structure and uh, to have the ability to sustain everyone by 2020 according to what they're trying to do um, well what we saw happen at, at the g20 summit is we saw Everyone just talk about the meeting between Trump and, and Putin um, or the, the fact that Trump didn't get a handshake. Um, you know, the, the whole meeting between uh, Trump and Putin, um, everyone's saying that Trump you know, won uh, by, because it was supposed to be a 40-minute meeting. They lasted for two and a half hours. Uh, because it lasted for two and a half hours and Melania couldn't even pull Trump away, uh, Trump won because he entertained Putin for that long. Well, that, that's the complete opposite of what he should have done uh, from the reports, from what everyone says about Putin. I mean, he's ex KGB. Um, the guy is brilliant. And what they say, the longer you're in a room with him, the further he drills down. So the whole goal is to get out of the meeting as quick as possible with him, not stay longer with the guy. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that transpires. There's also reports saying that uh, uh, there was a prior meeting uh, before that where there was some familiarity or some uh, warmth um, from Trump towards Putin. Um, and the only real reports we have of even the meeting comes from the third person in the group, Rex Tillerman, who was in the, the meeting with them. Which, So we really have no clue what they're going to talk about or what they talked about. We know that they came uh, with a, you know, no fly zone or some kind of agreement in Syria to, to basically make sure they don't shoot each other. When, and we've known they've done this a couple times and every time they, someone is always shooting at someone else. So, so that doesn't make a lot of sense that that would be the main issue to talk about, especially since what happened with North Korea. I mean, recently, just two days ago, I think it was um, North Korea shot off a, a missile and it was, very successful and according to cnn this is a, a type of a missile that we had never seen before the, the world had never seen this missile before um it, it was uh, unfortunately i don't know enough about missiles to be able to explain the differences but the fact that north korea had some kind of technology that the united states never saw before that produced a missile that could hit alaska it's very big news I mean, it was such big news that the nation of North Korea had a massive parade afterwards to, to celebrate their success for shooting this missile. So, so they know the successes of, of how big this launch was. And the fact that it happened directly before the G20 meeting, that the parade happened before that, and that Putin and Trump were supposed to talk about North Korea, but no one none of the reports are saying that they even talked about it or that it was even brought up. So we really don't know what's going to happen. All we know is what Trump is saying, which is basically that, that you know, he's, he's going to do something very severe. Um, you know, and, and if he goes back to the, the whole added 
you know, issue of just up the sanctions, we, we know that that didn't do anything. Um, even from Donald Trump's own, own mouth, uh, he says he can't trust China because, well, he made an agreement with China. Said, hey, you know, you move these troops to the border of North Korea, uh, we're, you know, you're going to cut off uh, any ties economically, so you're not helping the government, and then we will be nice to you. Well, Donald Trump, according to one of his tweets, said that China, their, their trade has increased 40% with North Korea. So they did the complete opposite. So in an essence, you know who their proxy is. So if the United States is going to try to do anything with North Korea, we know that we're going to have to tangle with China. And I don't necessarily think that anyone really wants to tangle with China. Um, I mean, they are making strides all around the world, making uh, treaties all around the world and agreements all around the world for, for trade. Because they, they know that the, the United States is not situated to take the lead in a, a world economy anymore. China is. So, so China has to, to grow and, and take that stance. So they're, they're moving towards that. And we can see their little pet project, which is North Korea, um, is, is about ready to pop. I mean, they, they say that you know, North Korea is only making the nuclear program for a deterrent against the United States. You know, so that way we don't go in and do regime change. Well, why would they ever think that the United States would do regime change? It's not like we ever did that in Iraq or tried to do it in Iran or tried to do it in Syria or did it in uh, Libya. Um, you know, the United States doesn't do that. But, you know, of course, that they're going to create nukes so that way the United States doesn't. And so, I mean, that's just counterintuitive. But if they have the backing of, of China, then game on. The United States can't necessarily do anything to North Korea unless we feel that we can do something against China. And that's probably why we just sold $1.4 trillion worth of weapons to Taiwan. That's why we just made all these weapon deals and agreements with India and let Israel do the same exact thing. I mean, the Modi just left Israel, I think, today. You know, he, he was there for, for quite a while making deals economically, militarily, politically with the Israeli government. So we, we can see that India has finally chosen a side. And they've also moved 3,000 troops to the border of China. So, so we know that, yeah, it, it looks like we know that if we go into North Korea that we're going to have to tangle China. And we're getting prepared to do that through our allies. You know, we, we have this whole you know, thing with Saudi Arabia and Qatar. And basically, Qatar is not going to go along with anything Saudi Arabia says. So United Arab, United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia just say that the you know, sanctions and the, the blockade is just going to stay indefinite until Qatar gives. So Qatar is just making agreements with Iran to send in food and Turkey to send in troops and bring it in those allies. So the blockade doesn't necessarily produce the results that they wanted to because, well, the other side, the, the other access powers, for lack of a better word, um, are showing their hands as well. You know, we, we, we see exactly the battle lines being drawn. We, we see exactly how it's being played. And the fact that we, we know that part of this little agreement that uh, Donald Trump and Putin made in Syria, uh, part of that is to ensure that Assad stays in power in Syria. 
and Assad was so confident that this was going to go through or that some kind of agreement between Putin and Trump was going to go through that he put his face on their new currency before the G20 meeting. I mean, you, you would only necessarily do that if you anticipate leaving or you anticipate staying in power. Most of the time, people don't put their face on, on, a, on a currency and then get out of office. Most of the time, they like to be in office and have their face on the currency. And that's basically what the United States and, and Russia just came up with an agreement for. Now, they're also supposed to move Iranian troops away from the Israeli border. But I, I haven't heard anything about Hezbollah's troops or, you know, anything that may be more intimidating to Israel. So, so we still have to see how that is going to plan out. Now, I also wanted to just read a, a quick little article. This is, this is kind of disturbing. Um, but if you've been paying attention to the world wildlife, you, you, you know exactly what was happening. Um, it's from The Independent, and the, the title is World is Facing the First Mass Extinction Since Dinosaurs as Wildlife Populations Plunged by 67% in 50 Years. It says the world is hurling towards the first mass extinction of animal life since the dinosaurs were wiped off 65 million years ago, according to the most comprehensive survey of wildlife ever carried out. By 2020, the population of mammals, birds, fish, reptiles, and other vertebrate species are on course to have fallen by more than two-thirds over a period of just 50 years, the Living Planet reported. The current rate of extinction is about 100 times faster than is considered normal, greater than during some of the previous five extinction, uh, mass extinctions of Earth's history. Um, they found that between 1970 and 2012, the average decline in population was 58%. And at the current rate, this figure will hit 67% by 2020, the year by which the world has pledged to halt the loss of wildlife. So the director went on to say, for the first time since the demise of dinosaurs 65 years ago, we face a global mass extinction of wildlife. Now, that's, that's just disturbing to think of just the, just the top of it, just to understand that in the last 50 years, mankind, and, and I, I would have to say we contributed to this because we did, um, contributed to the loss of the mass majority of the Earth's wildlife to the point that they're already calling this a mass extinction. So if they're already dubbing that on the wildlife spectrum, what's the prospects for, you know, humans? You know, I mean, if, if all the, the wildlife die, I mean, how long are we going to be around? I mean, we know that the bee population is very important to the survival of mankind. But if, you know, the the earth and a lack of a better way of putting it is, is causing, you know, animals to die off, then there's a strong possibility humans are going to continue with that. So, I mean, we have a report also coming out from the independent and I'm just I'm not even going to go into it, but I just want to bring it up. It says chemotherapy could spread cancer cells and lead to more advanced tumors. And basically the article goes through and, and just says that the, the chemotherapy actually allows for the cancer to travel through the bloodstream to different parts of the area or to the body. And then once it's spread, it comes back with vengeance. So this chemotherapy for these cancer treatments, that, that's 
in an essence was killing its patients or contributing to, you know, their demise. Um, and so then why was it always pushed? It, it was always presented to, to people with cancer that if you don't do chemo, you're giving up, you know, that you're not uh, doing what you're supposed to do. But then if, if the report's coming out that it's actually doing the complete opposite, then where's the motive? And with all the issues going on with healthcare and with all the scandals and the different uh, pharmaceutical drugs and all the disclaimers on those, we can see that's probably motivated by money. I mean, if, if they can determine that chemotherapy was not even a valid treatment for cancer, then you get rid of that expense, which means that all those people that were getting chemotherapy don't need to get chemotherapy. And then you don't have to pay those millions of dollars per year for chemotherapy. It's a way to cut, cut expenses. But if there's no emphasis on it, it's also a way to increase profits. And that's chances are where we might've had with the chemotherapy, unfortunately. Now, when we continue on looking at what's happening with the with humans across the globe when it, with these diseases, uh, we know cholera is going crazy in Yemen, um, and it's spread to Sudan as well. Uh, Sudan is already in, in trouble just, you know, from a malnutrition standpoint and economic standpoint. And now that that cholera is spread to it, it's it spread into the mainland of Africa, and and who knows what will happen for a, a disease that can spread very rapidly in a population that doesn't have access to any treatment or drugs. So this could be very, very scary with the spread of cholera through Africa. Um, and so hopefully that, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen, but unfortunately it just did. So we need to watch that and see if this spread is going to continue. And then there's also, a new study that came out from the World Health Organization saying that they have found that there's a, a superbug that's untreatable. Um, it says uh, at least three people worldwide are infected with a total, totally untreatable superbug strain of gonorrhea, uh, which they're uh, likely to spread to others throughout sex. It says given details of studies show a very serious situation with regard to highly drug-resistant forms of sexually transmitted diseases. And it's only a matter of time before the last resort gonorrhea antibiotics would uh, be of no use. And it goes on to say that this, you know, gonorrhea is a super bug. And that every time that, um, you know, every time that you fight it, every time you introduce a new antibiotic, uh, it develops a resistance to it. And now they have one that's is untreatable whatsoever. And I only bring that up to basically show kind of what is, is happening. I, I was always told that, um, you know, the use of um, antibacterial soap uh, or stuff like that was killing the good bacteria with the bad bacteria. And it was causing the bacteria to mutate and, and you know, all those, all those scare tactics that, that you were told through the years. Well, here's an example of exactly that happening. Uh, a disease is mutated past our protections. Um, into a, a, a disease that there is no cure, there is no treatment, there is nothing. So if it's happening with one, then chances are it's going to continue happening with others. And, and so what do you do as a, as a government? What, what do you do for people when you're worried about pestilence? You know, you're worried about <laughs> disease. Um, so according to the French government, they just came out this last week that uh, they're, they're making uh, vaccines mandatory 
for everyone uh, by 2018, um, and primarily focusing on children, uh, saying it's unacceptable for them not to have it. Um, this is followed by, or this was actually done after Italy um, had, had done kind of the same thing, um, except for they said that you know children couldn't attend state schools. But France just took it to the, the different extreme that says all children should should be vaccinated. Now, I know in the United States, there's a lot of skepticism about vaccinations and that people don't know if they can trust them, if they're related to autism. If they're, and, and we don't have enough data. Uh, we don't have enough tests. We don't have enough anything to really show if one was true or one is not, or if, if, it's, if it's good or bad. But we know that you know, when you take and respect things like polio, vaccines were a lifesaver. You know, we, we basically eradicated that disease through vaccines. And we have the increase of diseases that is, is spreading like crazy. I mean, last year we had the, the Ebola scare, you know, where, where people are afraid that uh, Ebola was going to you know, spread all the way through Africa and all the way through the United States and millions of people are going to die. And now we have cholera that's doing the same. Now we have untreatable gonorrhea. We have all these different things. So, of course, the governments are going to implement some kind of vaccines to stem um, the spread of disease. And, and, you know, considering the debate that everyone's having with the, the healthcare, um, maybe this is, this is something that is part of it. Um, I mean, because we, we know that they're having a difficult time uh, within the United States Senate and Congress to, to actually get enough votes to pass this uh, healthcare bill. And here recently, they, um, I think it was Nancy Pelosi came out and, and said that um, she supports just a, a one-payer system, which basically, instead of having multiple insurance companies that go in and pay you know, for the claims, you just have one. You know, one company that, that everyone goes to and the pricing is all the same and everything is standardized. And, and their whole um, idea is to have that one company be, well, the government. You know, that to have healthcare be run through the government and have everyone into that healthcare system and basically eradicate the insurance companies or the, the health insurance companies. So, I mean, that's also being debated as well. And you can see different sides of both of it. I mean, you know, you don't want to necessarily have all the insurance companies go bankrupt or go out of business, but you also don't want the government to necessarily run all your healthcare. So, I mean, you, there's benefits and, and negatives on both sides of it. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out, but governments are stepping in more and more um, everywhere. I mean, they, they have to, um, we have made our society to the point that we are not going to be able to sustain what we have done. Um, either from a climate standpoint, the, the entire world is going along with the climate initiative, except for the United States. Um, and that, that doesn't make sense, but in the same token, we have to do something about our climate. I mean, we're killing all the wildlife. Uh, the temperatures in, in Phoenix were through the, the roof, uh, you know, 120 degrees, I think it was. We know in Iran, they, they hit 130. So, so we have to do something there. And from an economic standpoint, we, they have to do something as well. Um, I mean, there's a report that came out that said, you know, that, that baby boomers, they, they haven't saved enough for retirement. That they're, we're going to have a major issue because the majority um, haven't saved even half of what they are supposed to have saved to make it through, you know, retirement. And, and 
I mean, people are living longer lives. So either the baby boomers have to continue working, you know, past the retirement age of 65. So that way they can ensure that they are going to be able to have enough money to make it to 80. Um, or we have to do something else. We have to put in some kind of other system to do it. I mean, just to give you kind of example, um, they're saying that, you know, the baby boomers between 1946 and 1964, uh, it, would, it was anticipated they need to have $658,000 saved up for retirement. Well, the average has 263000 Still sounds like a, a lot of money, but, you know, it, it's almost a third of what they're going to have. And if life expectancy increases from there, then then you're going to have a massive population that has no money and they're elderly, they can't work. And what, what do you do with those people? You know, so, so the healthcare strain is going to be very hard on those people because we know that the costs are going to go up for that same genre, the same people. So the government's going to have to step in. Um, when it comes to the banking sector, we, we have Italy that came in. I mean, we have one of the largest banks, Monte de Pecce, that has been going through problems for years. Uh, they, they've been having lots of issues. Um, and now they have uh, 200, uh, they have 28.6 billion euros worth of bad debt. So basically they made loans and these weren't paid back and it was 20, 28 billion euros. Well, what they did is the government end up giving this bank a loan because they couldn't get a loan because they had so much bad debt uh, of 5.4 billion euros and gained ownership of the bank of 70% ownership. Um, you know, according to this plan, they're supposed to be out of the bank in five years, but you know, it's one of those things that that could happen. Couldn't happen. We, we don't know in five years, um, but what their whole plan is and, and, and I'll just read this a little bit right here. It says, under the bad loan disposal plan, 26.1 billion euros will be bundled and sold at 21% of gross book value. The vast majority of the government organized uh, Antifa to fund, while the bank retains 5%. So out of the, the money that they paid in, the bank gets keep 5% for basically the government buying all this stuff. But then they write down everything, 21%. So, so basically, if, if they had a dollar of debt, that one debt is then worth 21% or 21 cents. So that, that's basically how the government is able to put money into it and then just write down the debt. Well, then it continues going on. It says that you know, the European Commission basically was tired of taxpayers bailing out these banks. So what they did is they ended up making it to where they're going to pass that to the shareholders and the junior creditors, the ones that give the banks the loans and the ones that buy the stock of these banks. So they anticipate that this is going to basically hit the stock hard and they're going to make this, uh, the shareholders pay for this, this saving of this bank instead of this bank going completely under. So it's, it's, it's getting to a head. And we have Japan that says that they're planning on buying infinite amount of bonds because their interest rates start, uh, starting to go up too much. And they're blaming it on emerging markets and, and people pulling their money out there. But that's not necessarily the case. I mean, they're still manipulating the system. They're still trying to hold everything in, in par. Um, and they have their own issues because their population is decreasing drastically. And, you know, the, the last little thing, it's just one thing to keep an eye on um, is we, we know that the banks and, and economics are going to be used in any kind of warfare. Um, but this is just a little 
crazy thing. So, so the U.S. basically is um, looking to go into eight different banks um, that have business ties to North Korea. Um, you know, they're they're planning on going in, and it's um, <laughs> they've done seizure warrants against Bank of America, Bank of New York, Mellon Corp, Citigroup, uh, Deutsche Bank, HSBC Holdings, J.P. Morgan Chase, Standard uh, Chartered PLC, and Wells Fargo um, for all doing business with North Korea. Um, so who knows if they just target those funds with North Korea or if they actually start going into um, the fact that these banks were doing business with a country that they may not have been supposed to be doing business with. So this whole thing with North Korea is not going away anytime soon. And we can also, we can already see that they're attacking the first thing that they should, which is their money. And uh, we'll, we'll see, see if they decide to tack with anything different after that as well. Um, so hope that got us started. I'll, I'll hand it back over to you, Matthew. Well, you said a couple of <clears throat> things that piqued my attention, and I find it pretty uh, amazing. You talked about health care a little bit. I found this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, written by Aleha Ellison on uh, July the 6th. So far in 2017, nine hospitals have declared bankruptcy. Uh, Kennewick, Washington-based health, uh, filed for bankruptcy June the 30th. Walnut Hill Medical Center in Dallas, bankrupt. Milledgeville, Georgia-based uh, health care, bankrupt. Campleton Graceville, Florida, bankrupt. Green Valley, Arizona Hospital, bankrupt. Humble, uh, which is in Texas, Humble Surgical Hospital, it's bankrupt. Louisiana Heart Hospital, bankrupt. North Texas Medical Center, bankrupt, and the Okataw County Medical Center in Oklahoma, bankrupt. We talked about this the other day, ladies and gentlemen, the simple fact that you probably should go to those individual cities and look up and they will tell you, and just see in these particular places where these hospitals closed, who's the largest employer in those cities? You're not going to like what you see. Also, uh, I caught this this week, and it is <clears throat> important to a very old story, but this came out July uh, 2nd, 2017, because Brian and I, warned you about this several years ago, that the fishermen in the North Sea had begun to fight because there's no fish in the North Sea. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Brexit goes a little bit deeper than you think it does because on July 2nd, uh, the British government uh, is going to end an arrangement that allows other countries to fish in UK waters. The convention allows Irish, Dutch, French, German, Belgian vessels to fish within 6 and 12 nautical miles of the U.K. coastline. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not, I'm not sure what year that Brian and I reported that, and, and I took note of it then that nobody else was talking about it. 
the North Sea, they were ha obviously having pretty big trouble because the fishermen in the boats were fighting with each other from different countries. So now UK uh, has dropped out <clears throat> of this agreement with these other countries that surround her, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, because the fishermen are going out. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, there's no reason for me to explain this to you, but for thousands of years, the fishermen would go out and come back with full boats. That's not happening anymore. And it's gotten to the breaking point where UK is the first one to come out and say, no, we're going to have to claim our water sovereign because our fishermen... Here, let me translate that for you. Our children, our wives, our sisters, our brothers, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, they need those fish. They, we, we need that food. Now, Clinton also brought to your attention that uh, they successfully tested an intercontinental ballistic missile in North Korea. Ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you of something else I brought to your attention on the event horizon when it happened. Because back on May 8th, have you all forgotten that I told you that in the Strait of Hormuz, the Iranians tested a supercavitating torpedo? Do you even know what that means? Supercavitation means that it, it travels at such high velocity under the water that it creates a bubble out in front of it. Now, there is no evading this torpedo. At 250 miles an hour, it doesn't need a warhead, ladies and gentlemen. It acts just like the Navy's new railgun. It doesn't need a warhead. Whenever you watch those experimental videos of them test firing... You'll take note the massive explosion on impact, but that's not due to explosive, ladies and gentlemen. That's the fantastic amount of energy that's created upon impact of said projectile moving that quickly. This torpedo works the same way. It doesn't need a warhead. It just goes right through anything like butter. So this is all, ladies and gentlemen… I mean, I don't need to go to, into great discussion about just how dastardly the military-industrial complex is. Oh, they're going to make sure everybody's equally armed. You didn't know that? Amazing to me. With the closing of the G20 meeting, I caught this headline today. It was published seven hours ago in The Independent. If the G20 summit has taught us anything, it's that a global recession is still looming. You know, that's all I really need to say. That, that headline says it all. 
Like I said, that was published today, seven hours ago. Absolutely off the charts. As far as the economy goes, I hope everybody is paying attention. It, it, I'm going to read from an updated uh, version. I had covered it a couple of months ago, and now they've updated that, that self-same article. It's just off the charts. Retailers have shed more than 100,000 jobs in the past six months. As many of them fight for survival in a mobile landscape, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Now, before we covered, and I've heard a couple of other people cover what they've released were supposed to happen, what their forecast was. No, this has already happened. And there is still more to come. That's, that's why they updated this, this article. It is absolutely off the charts when you look. Well, let's just, let's just go down through these. Abercrombie and Fitch closed 60 stores. Arrow Apostle has closed 150 stores. American Apparel has closed 110 stores. American Eagle Outfitters has closed 150 stores. Athena Retail Group has closed 667 stores. BCBG closed 118 stores. BB closed 170 stores. Chico's closed 120 stores. The Children's Place closed 200 stores. CVS Pharmacy has closed 70 stores. Finish Line has closed 150 stores. GameStop has closed 150 stores. Gander Mountain has closed 62 stores. Guess has closed 60 stores. Jamboree has closed 450 stores. H.H. Gregg has closed 220 stores. J.C. Penney has closed 138 stores. Jose Bank and Men's Warehouse has closed 250 stores. The Limited has closed 250 stores. Macy's has closed 100 stores. Michael Kors has closed 125 stores. Office Depot and Office Max have closed 400 stores. Payless has closed 800 stores. Radio Shack has closed 1,000 stores. Rue 21, 400 stores. Sears and Kmart has closed 227 stores. Staples has closed 70 stores. Walgreens has closed 500 stores. Wet Seal has closed 171 stores. How many families do you think that represents? I mean, let's just use their own data. People in the United States 
generally have a spouse and two children, right? Don't you realize that every one of those stores had at least 10 employees, minimum 10 employees, minimum. And this is just what's been closed up until the halfway point of this year, and we're just getting started, and everybody absolutely knows it. Now, I caught this today as well, ladies and gentlemen. You need to start looking and scanning for this. This come out yesterday. Here's the headline. Hudson Valley horse farm owner and wealth manager Bradley Reifler declared bankruptcy. Now, ladies and gentlemen. This article just comes out and says he's a wealth manager. He was his expert was uh, to advise investors on investors on how to make more money, but today he's struggling struggling to keep himself afloat. The Internal Revenue Service has filed twenty three million dollar claim against the Dutchess County resident for unpaid. Income taxes, penalties, and interest. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope he isn't your retirement fund manager. You need to start looking and scanning, just like I did, and start seeing where they, we're having massive trouble. Not a little bit of trouble. Massive trouble, and it's absolutely off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. How they are absolutely trying to pull the wool over our eyes. There, there's no doubt about what's really going on. I mean, let's to wrap your mind around this. This week, the Bank of Italy advertised 30 deputy assistant roles at a junior wage of 28,000 euros per year. Wrap your mind around this. They had 85,000 people apply for 30 jobs. This goes back to quite a while ago. It was Brian and I that pointed it out and pointed it out, and nobody else paid attention to it. But remember when Barack Obama sent a delegation over to France to figure out how they were going about doing their educational system without diplomas? You didn't know that? I know all of my old listeners know this because I and Brian covered it when it happened. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't get a diploma in France. There's no jobs. All they do is give you a work permit. And your POTUS sent a delegation over to France to figure out how they'd set it up and went through all the cogs to get that machination in place so they can pull the wool over your eyes. 
Ah, yes, Common Core. It amazes people how people cannot perceive the end from the beginning. It really does. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you realize what's going on on the One Belt, One Road front. Nobody's happy because it was released today that Russia and North Korea got together and they both agreed that they're going to boost their trade one with another. This is very disturbing concerning this because this week, UN Security Council... Oh, my goodness. Our representative there uh, warned the U.N. Security Council that the U.S. was going to go our own path on North Korea. Literally just told them we were going to do whatever we wanted to, and we're not going to consult no U.N. Security Council. Are you aware that happened this week? Are you aware that really happened this week? We are going someplace that is not good at all. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to wrap your mind around this. This was published three days ago, July 5th. The French president has come out and publicly stated that he would rule like the Roman god Jupiter. This is completely real. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you realize what the sign of the Son of Man is. But this is absolutely off the charts that he would do this. Yet that's exactly what he did this week. Just to make sure... I went straight to the sources, the whole thing in French, and translated it myself. Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is not going anywhere good. It just it can't go anywhere good. It, it it absolutely blows me away the amount of even godlessness. Let's 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 talk about a few posts I did on Twitter today concerning godlessness. This is off the charts. Um, and no, I'm not trying to pick on any particular religion, but. Vatican police uh, busted a drug-fueled gay sex orgy hosted at the papal apartments by top priests. I mean, and if you think, no, I'm not. I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to tell you what happened because you all know this. You know it when it happened because I told you about it because it was in my local newspaper. 
that the preacher down the street from us, a girl went into the stall to use the bathroom, and she inadvertently, her purse, knocked the little scent dispenser off. Only it didn't have the apparatus inside of it. What it had inside of it was a video camera. Yeah, that's right. That was right down the street from me. I covered it when it was in the news. So if you think this is a Catholic problem, you are grossly perceiving what is good and what is not. You know, we keep having these weather chaos events. Okay, let's just talk about Japan, all right? It had 15 inches of rain hit it in four hours. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm qualified to talk about this because I served on the DMZ. I went through monsoon season. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't get 15.6 inches in four hours. You just don't. And we keep getting these bursts of just off-the-charts anomalies. It, it just kills me. You know, me and my daughter was just talking the other day. It was just the other day before this happened. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was the latter part of last week, the first part of this week, but she – we were talking about retail stores and stuff like that, and she said, Daddy, I wonder when they're going to go after Hobby Lobby. <laughs> now, now look, I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm no prophet. I was having a normal conversation with my daughter. She knows about everybody being upset, you know, a year or two ago. I can't remember what it was, about Hobby Lobby being a Christian store. And literally two or three days go by, and I'm shocked when I go over to the U.S. Department of Justice website, and it says the United States filed a civil action to forfeit thousands of ancient Iraqi artifacts imported by Hobby Lobby. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me just read to you this, this sentence. The government also filed a stipulation of settlement with Hobby Lobby in which Hobby Lobby consented to the forfeiture of the artifacts in the complaint. Approximately 144 cylinder seals Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. If you can't see, they're laughing at you. And the next thing it says that here, well, let me finish the whole phrase. Approximately 144 cylinder seals and an additional sum of three million resolving the civil action. Well, of course, Hobby Lobby said, "Well, what's it going to cost to 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 like leave us alone?" I turned around and said, "Well, you know, three million. Really? 
Ladies and gentlemen, you really think that Hobby Lobby was stealing ancient... No, 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 no. Okay? All right? Hobby Lobby never took nothing from nobody, nor would they have done that. They were completely set up, so Hobby Lobby's like, all right, what's it going to take? It just blows my mind that me and my daughter just talked about Hobby Lobby being a Christian organization, so my daughter wanted to know when they were going to do something to close down Hobby Lobby. And two or three days, I, because I don't know what day we had that conversation, they come out, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This, this can't be happening. Yes, it happened Wednesday, July the 5th, this week. Ladies and gentlemen, anybody that went to Desert Storm can tell you what really happened in Desert Storm. As a matter of fact, I understand this. Uh, should I even mention the entertainment industry? I, I, I guess I should. I guess there's a new movie, blockbuster movie out with uh, one of everybody's favorite actors that this is the exact script to the story. He's a soldier. Uh, he's over in the Middle East, and they find this tomb, and you know that's what they're doing. They're stealing stuff, even though he's supposed to be a forward observer. That's not what he's doing. He's going around finding these sites and, and, and stealing all the stuff from them. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, you should be concerned with what is going on. Concerning, once more, the one belt, one road. You know, it is amazing to me that the West just desperately wanted a, a dispute <laughs> between China and Bhutan. But this week they come out and they uh, got together by themselves and said, wait a minute, we really don't have any dispute with each other. So you can expect there to be serious terror-related incidents in this area now because nobody can have India and China joining hands on the One Belt, One Road. So I'm just telling you that now you'll start seeing terror events there. You just will because that's what we do. That's how we roll. Everybody knows it. That, that's, that's how we roll. Well, ladies and gentlemen, at the top of the hour, time for a break. Uh, we have completed the parallel apocalypse. We're going to move on to the book of Asaph. This is the first portion. Uh, do enjoy. Uh, this includes the prelude to the book, which is Psalms chapter 50, and then the first uh, three chapters of it. So uh, please do enjoy and uh, set up and take heed to what it says, because it's important. That much I do know. Psalm 50 
The mighty God, even the Lord, hath spoken, and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth, that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, and I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee for the world is mine in the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. But unto the wicked, God said, What hast thou to do to declare my statutes? Or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth? seeing thou hatest instruction, and castest my words behind thee. When thou sawest a thief, then thou consentedst with him, and hast been partaker with adulterers. Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such an one as thyself. But I will reprove thee, and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Whoso offereth praise, glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. Psalm 73 Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness, they have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out of them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain, and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. 
Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terror. As a dream when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all thy works. Psalm 74 O God, why hast thou cast us off forever? Why doth thine anger smoke against the sheep of thy pasture? Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old, the rod of thine inheritance, which thou hast redeemed, this Mount Zion, wherein thou hast dwelt. Lift up thy feet unto the perpetual desolations, even all that the enemy hath done wickedly in the sanctuary. Thine enemies roar in the midst of thy congregation. They set up their ensigns for signs. A man was famous according as he had lifted up axes upon the thick trees. But now they break down the carved work thereof at once with axes and hammers. They have cast fire into thy sanctuary. They have defiled by casting down the dwelling place of thy name to the ground. They said in their hearts, Let us destroy them together. They have burned up all the synagogues of God in the land. We see not our signs. There is no more any prophet. Neither is there among us any that knoweth how long? O oh God, how long shall the adversary reproach? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Why withdrawest thou thy hand, even thy right hand? Pluck it out of thy bosom. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces, and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Thou didst cleave the fountain in the flood. Thou driedst up mighty rivers. The day is thine, the night also is thine. Thou hast prepared the light and the sun. Thou hast set all the borders of the earth. Thou hast made summer and winter. Remember this, that the enemy hath reproached, O Lord, and that the foolish people have blasphemed thy name. Oh, deliver not the soul of thy turtle dove unto the multitude of the wicked. Forget not the congregation of thy poor forever. Have respect unto the covenant. For the dark places of the earth are fully of the habitations of cruelty. Oh, let not the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise thy name. Arise, O God, plead thine own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproacheth thee daily. Forget not the voice of thine enemies, the tumult of those that rise up against thee increaseth continually. Psalm 75 Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks. For that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it. 
Selah. I said unto the fools, Deal not foolishly. And to the wicked, Lift not up the horn, lift not up your horn on high, speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one, and setteth up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is full of mixture, and he poureth out of the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring their mouth and drink them. But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Psalm 76 In Judah is God known. His name is great in Israel. In Salem also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. There break he the arrows of the bow, the shield, and the sword, and the battle. Selah. Thou art more glorious and excellent than the mountains of prey. The stout heart of the spoiled, they have slept their sleep, and none of the men of might have found their hands. At thy rebuke, O God of Jacob, both the chariot and horse are cast into a dead sleep. Thou, even thou, art to be feared, and who may stand in thy sight when once thou art angry? Thou didst cause judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still when God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth. Selah. Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. The remainder of wrath shall thou restrain. Vow and pay unto the Lord your God, that all that be round about him bring presents unto him that ought to be feared. He shall cut off the spirit of princes. He is terrible to the kings of the earth. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the End Time Tribune. It is good to be with you. It's quite an honor and a blessing to be on this broadcast, that is for sure. Quentin, let's uh, get you on here for comments up until this point. Uh, last week, I forgot to get your uh, comments at the midway point, and you didn't get to uh, throw your two cents in words to the end. So did you have any more further comments before Brian gets in here and does his spill? Well, I just, uh, you know, I, I just thought it was very interesting that you brought up the 85,000 people that applied for the 30 Italian banking jobs. Um, I mean, with, with all the different stores that are closing down around uh, the, the world and the fact that we have, you know, a massive population, you know, that has no jobs. I mean, we, we can see that this is going to be more the commonplace. Um, and that is kind of a very scary prospect as things go forward. So, you know, I, I just think that, that was, that's just the perfect illustration of exactly what the job market is uh, besides looking at, you know, uh, the unemployment rate or looking at the numbers that are coming out, um, looking at this, you know, just illustrates exactly what's going on in Europe and, and in the United States as well. And it makes you wonder how deep this goes with different countries beginning to fight over food sources. Because this is going to come into a major play. Major play. Well, Brian, get on in the saddle and uh, give us your news coverage for the week, buddy. Well, I think we're going to be going back and forth like I tend to do between news coverage and, uh, well, maybe 
bringing this all to light into a point where it makes sense. I have been strolling through a few different news things here because, you know, there's some stuff that came up early on. And I think some things that piqued my attention, especially as we bring up the whole uh, Putin and Trump scenario that is pretty much, you know, this whole Russian American uh, collusion idea, which I prefer to call delusion. You know, this, uh, when we get these things from the Western end of things, we always tend to get only a little portion of the story. And, you know, that's stuck in the back of my head. Told me there's something more going on here. I mean, that's, that's where we start the first section because we're going to move back into a very important aspect of this in due course. Now, why this bothers me is. For one, we know the serious amount of sanctions now that have been put on. We had them put on Russia for, you know, all kinds of factors with the Ukrainian takeover, which, folks, we talked about this. Please start doing your work and research on this. This was an absolute full-blown, and I'm going to make something uh, blazingly apparent right now. You need to realize that that the group that took over the Ukraine back there when the war started in, I believe it was 2014, when they showed up, they were donning their SS designation, their actual badges, and people with the tattoos, all sorts of things have been being reported by multiple people on the ground. They brought forward video, photo footage, everything else to support this. Let me repeat myself on this again. The forces, the Western-backed coalition that took over the Ukraine donned their SS badges from their designation from World War II. This is going to be an overarching pattern that everybody really should be paying attention to. Now, we know for a fact that there's been sanctions that have been put on Russia because of the Ukraine, which now that we kind of realize that them annexing the Ukraine is not the real story. This was Brzezinski's same old tactic. They goaded them over the line because of the fact that the people were in there getting slaughtered and said, please help us. This lines up with eyewitness testimony. This lines up with multiple investigations that happened on the ground from reliable news sources. This is not fiction. They also put these sanctions into place because of their stance in Syria for backing the Assad regime, yet somehow we're getting this information out of the G20 that all of a sudden the Assad regime, there's an agreement to keep him propped up. Something does not add up here, folks. And when I see something that does not add up, that tells me there's something seriously wrong. There's also been sanctions put on them for backing Iran, for backing North Korea. They did the same sanctions with China. We got this similar pattern here. You know, folks, everybody, you got to understand that this this third rider, what is it that we have going on? Well, you will get the subtitle that says famine, but that's not what it is. This is inflation. This is essentially what I would term the slow squeeze by putting all these sanctions on 
by causing all this economic turmoil, this brings everything to a boiling point. And everybody, if you study your history going back to the even the mid-1800s and looking forward or keep going back in history, there's a pattern of doing this that causes root causes of World War One. Multiple areas in that. Obviously, nationalism was the biggest flare-up that caused all kinds of tension throughout the European nations, Eastern Europe, Western Europe. Britain kind of tried to stay out of it. They were wheeling and dealing behind the scenes. Then America got brought into it in 1917, uh, the very date 100 years later when Trump showed up and started firing Tomahawk missiles into Syria for a chemical attack where the investigations are not lining up with what the Western narrative is telling us. But this is a continual constant pattern. It gets to the stage where it gets old. So what what other kinds of things do we have going on here? We have a story that was just released in the last day or so here. Trump urges East Europeans to use U.S. gas. This is from Balkan Insight. After Russia agreed to pipe gas to Hungary. Okay, folks, everybody, you ought to remember Austria-Hungary. This is where the land of Magog is, the Magar. I've done the historical work. I've done the genetic work. They originally, the people of Magar originally lived in this area around Austria-Hungary. They went into Central Asia, and then they came back to where they were living. This is not good. After Russia agreed to pipe gas to Hungary, Bulgaria, and Serbia via the Turkish Stream Pipeline, U.S. President Donald Trump in Warsaw, in Poland, everybody, urged Eastern Europeans to use U.S. natural gas instead. Take note of the fact that when these sanctions were put into place on Russia, this caused massive turmoil all throughout the Eastern European nations and into the Western European nations. Germany was the one that took the most notable hit, and they were furious because this purposely came in, and it was in controlling a certain very important natural resource. When you begin to look at things, you're going to realize that this is at the heart of all of our troubles. We have another thing here where we have the EU denies funding humanitarian centers in Serbia. Brussels denied Belgrade media claims that the EU and U.S. will fund a humanitarian center in western Serbia as a response to a Russian-backed humanitarian center in the country's south. Okay, things aren't adding up with the reports we're getting from the G20 again. Thursday this week, Trump attends an initiative designed to keep Russia at bay. U.S. President Donald Trump is attending a meeting of the Three Seas Initiative led by Poland and Croatia. Folks, Poland and Croatia, it's going to be very important in the future you keep these places in mind, which is seen as designed to keep Russia at bay. And let us not forget, in Romania, they have thousands of U.S. troops stationed there, armored divisions and everything else, with these NATO-backed alliances, they're essentially 
still working on surrounding Russia. Now, I noticed there were some things brought up about China, about North Korea. Yes, North Korea launched a full-blown ICBM on July 4th. Now, they have really walked over that line, and they've been warned and had stated time and time again, you launch that, this is game on. It's been launched, folks. What's the bigger goal at play here with North Korea, though? Once again, we have the false narrative floating around that while Russia and Iran had brought the nuclear technology into North Korea, you know, once again, we start slapping sanctions here, there, and everywhere else with make-believe narratives when we know that this Pakistani nuclear scientist was the key person responsible, and he did this under the nose of the Western nations. Not only the sources that I brought forward in the news reports that I put on my website, but we also have this very same statement made by a Mossad agent in a book that I have here that was written by that Mossad agent and was backed by the Israeli government as being an accurate portrayal of what has been happening with Mossad, etc. A Pakistani nuclear scientist put that technology, the West knew it the entire time, they sat there and watched, they enabled, they let it happen. North Korea, what is the point? Well, Think about it, folks. We go in on that ground, of course, that's going to cause massive, massive, massive problems across the board. But let us not forget the borders. Russia and China, just like Brzezinski said, you control Central Asia, you control the world. This is the same tactic. This tactic has been building for quite some time. China was put on a hit list some time back. Hillary Clinton, I believe it was in 2007, put the gauntlet down and said, China, we're coming for you. So why do we keep getting this odd narrative? This odd narrative that the Western news has got us all spinning in circles with this big Russian scandal. Every darn time I try to look at any news sources that are being filtered, say, through the social networks or anything else, this is the same topic that keeps everybody spinning in circles while our administration is going behind the scenes and doing all kinds of underhanded garbage, which nobody is paying attention to because they don't go to the actual um, government websites themselves to look. You're not getting the whole story, folks. They're keeping you blinded. This is intentional. So this leads me to a lot more questions concerning this narrative now that is coming out with Russia, because I'm looking over multiple stories that I pulled up here in my browser that's telling quite a different story when you actually start getting your news sources from the horse's mouth right from those places in the world. The only way you're going to do this, everybody, is by using, like Feedly, for instance, even Google News can be a little interesting working in that with that program. And there's other different ways that you can go about getting straight to the news sources in those parts of the world. If you don't do that, they're going to keep you spinning. And this is what they're doing again. This narrative that they're giving with the G20 is not lining up with the facts. We had these protests break out on top of people protesting the G20. Well, Turkey is releasing reports now that the Kurdish elements are also in there stirring up trouble. And that... 
and Germany had unleashed a bunch of special forces to take care of this issue. And it's very difficult to tell what to make of this because we know full well what has been going on with Erdogan here. Okay, well, let's be to the point. Via extrapolation through Flynn's aid, I mean, go look at his financial reports, everybody. Remember, Michael Flynn registered as a foreign agent because of, well, Russia, but everybody ignored Turkey. You realize what he was doing at the time of the Gulen coup? You start putting all the pieces together. Like I said, his financial disclosure records by law had to be released it is nothing but solid intelligence community work. So that right there, of course, this made me begin to question a lot. Now, PBS put out a story today. Unfortunately, it would have been nice if they actually told the truth in it. Because, yes, these things are happening. Attacks in Syria and Yemen are turning disease into a weapon of war. And they're hitting all the hospitals, water, you name it. Anything that is critical to the uh, infrastructure, they're decimating. But they go on to point out that who's doing it is not who's doing it. That's the part that ticks me off. Because we know beyond any shadow of a doubt with every report that's been released on a continual basis, okay, they're stating that Russia's doing it. And Assad's forces, yep, we've had hundreds of thousands of reports on a continual basis stating who's hitting all these facilities, these hospitals, this infrastructure. Reporting like this is dishonest, and it ticks me off. And it should everybody else. It's just, it gets ridiculous. Let's uh, let's consider the other elements here. You know, folks, you might want to catch wind of a little post I put up. Was it just a nice little short and sweet post that I put up? Because this is going to lead into some deeper places over time when we get into some of these topics in the future. Put up one that's called the right hand or to the left. All roads lead to the same place. Everybody, we've been convinced that the uh, right wing or they come up with new politically correct terms like they can now call Nazis alt-right. And the left wing are somehow different. Somehow one's better than the other, but I wanted to look at something in relation to some historical work I'm doing. You know, because we know that we have the terminology for Nazism that... uh, brings us back to, well, which one is it? Is it National Socialism or Social Nationalism? Because when you look at the ideology of the left, you find out that one is just a flip-flop. Social Nationalism, the other is another flip-flop. National Socialism. Leftist Nationalism or Socialist Nationalism. And it's ironic, the little description here in this definition, not to be confused with national socialism. Now, what is our left-wing nationalism? Well, it's got its roots from Jacobinism from the French Revolution. You know, I want to point something out real quick here, folks. I mean, we all know the timing of the French Revolution. We know that we had certain leaders in the United States that 
Major funding has gone to that, and they make him a hero, which is ironic. That good old Statue of Liberty was a gift. Folks, you might want to take note of the fact that the American Revolution, the ideologies were not much different than what happened with the French Revolution. As far as the French Revolution went, though, they went way too far with it. But what was first? You know, the whole infamous chicken or the egg. Well, everybody take a look at the roots of the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, the ideologies at that time, then compare it to the ideologies in the French aspects that they later brought along into their form of democracy. If you line the two up, you see that there's very similar aspects. And then you kind of walk into the corner of concluding that this infamous uh, America is a Christian nation. When you actually do your history, you realize that that's, well, there's a lot of good work out there on this topic. I would look into the uh, the idea of the myth of a Christian nation because this does not line up with reality, everybody. I'm sorry. You've been fed a false narrative. Do we have a lot of Christians here? Yes. That's not up for debate. But when we look into these other elements, you know, I, I saw some stuff being reported here with July 4th, and they brought up Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and how they were great Christians. Folks, give me a break. Benjamin Franklin was one a member of what was known as the Hellfire Club. He died of a sexually transmitted disease in the basement of his house, back where he came from before America, they found skeletons all over the place. They realized something sinister was happening there. Or how about who I just brought up who was the main chief funding source for the revolution? Should we talk about Washington and the rest of them? They were deist. This kind of keeps going. Folks, wake up. That's, this is not reality. That might be important when I bring up what I just saw here. Just caught this as I was uh, going through these news sources. This came out in the open today, and I traced this right over to the organization. Sure enough, a group called CA, an email which contained numerous threatening emotional expressions of hate was received on Thursday evening. And it is not the first of its kind from the same sender. According to CAIR, the Minneapolis Star Tribune reports, CAIR released the contents for the email in a news release using the subject header, Muslim sewer rats. The as yet identified, unidentified sender wrote, Hey there, Muslim pig swine. We, millions upon millions of patriots, armed to the teeth with hundreds of millions of weapons with literally over 50 billion rounds of horrific, violent camel jockey piercing rounds of ammo. We have a leader of the White House now standing for the Judeo-Christian values. Ah, sorry folks, give me a break. You have mistaken European white males' patience 
her weakness. Get ready to have a war. Would everybody care to explain something to me? Or how about this discussion I had earlier in the week? You see, he made a very big mistake when he started coming in and attacking one of our historian friends because I wasn't going to let that stand. Then I go over and look at his description, and he called himself, Welcome to a triple negative, everybody. A Christian secular nationalist. Folks, you're either part of the kingdom of God or you're a nationalist and a patriot. And a nationalist? Well, they called it a white supremacist. And this idea, but no matter what, no matter what nationality you are, if you get into these mindsets, these bring about mass destruction on a worldwide basis. We have had a continual string of all of these people within this current administration, especially within the, oh, that's right, the right and the left aren't no different, are they? The right wing, though, well, they've got some real dirty secrets in their pockets. But now, as we are sitting within this current administration, these people are not even hiding the fact of their alignment with these white supremacist groups. You continually find one of them after another, after another, after another, openly showing themselves with white supremacists, with patriot militias, all the way across the line. And we have this comment here. We have a leader in the White House now standing for Judeo-Christian values. Folks, that is such a stretch from reality. It is disgusting. And I'm just so sick and tired of what we are seeing around us here in the United States, or even as you scope out and look at the entire world. We have nationalism, populism, full-scale hatred on so many levels, it's absolutely insane. But maybe this is where we get around to the root of this, because, you know, everybody look. I've been doing a lot of work looking down these different paths in modern history. And the more you begin to look at these things, you start to realize there's a very specific pattern. And we had did a program on this at one point in time, but we really didn't see it then. I mean, let me see here. I guess we'll start at the second reference to it here. You start in Isaiah 28, verse 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation firmly placed. He who believes in it will not be disturbed. I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the level. Then hail will sweep away the refuge of lies. And the waters will overflow the secret place. Your covenant with death will be canceled. And your pact with shale shall not stand. And the overwhelming scourge passes through. Then you become its trampling place. 
Now, as we had spoken about in this, the YouTube video that we did on the bands of time called the covenant with death. Okay, folks, you need to understand where it is that that infamous oil, this petroleum comes from. Oil is the result of fossilized, well, it's death. Fossil fuels, they call it, to put it nice. Now, things get real interesting when you begin to look at the roots of what happened here. Everything wrapped around the discovery and the usage of this oil. As I entitled in this little rough PDF I did, The Covenant of Death and the Robber Barons, because that's the best way to put it. Because when you look at this timeline, you start realizing a whole lot. But how are we dealing with this covenant of death? Folks, when the Balfour Agreement was set in place, robber barons were the ones behind trying to bring about the destruction of the Jewish people. And these are the facts. This is how the House of Saad got put in place. So let's consider this timeline. Now we got 1853. Here's the, uh, the infamous discovery. George Bissell visits oil springs in western Pennsylvania. We can move forward. 1861 to 65, we have the Civil War. 1870, John D. Rockefeller forms the Standard Oil Company. South Improvement Company stirs wars in the oil regions. Rockefeller launches our plan. In Russia, Baku Oil open to development. Noble family enters Russian oil business. 1885. The Rothschilds enter the royal Russian oil business. Royal Dutch discovers oil in Sumatra. 1901, William Knox, DRC, acquires a concession in Persia. Gusher at Spindletop in Texas, beginning of sun, Texas Gulf. We move forward. 1905. Revolution of 1905 in Russia. But coal oil fields set ablaze. Let me uh, stop for one moment and point out Rockefeller. Okay, sorry about that, folks. Yeah, I'll try to get to that, Matthew. Um, let's go back and look at this revolution of 1905 in Russia. Or maybe we should stop and go backwards to John D. Rockefeller to point out something. Folks, you do realize the root of the intelligence communities, especially in America, have been based off of what Rockefeller started when he was in the midst of solidifying his monopoly on the oil with the Standard Oil Company. At this time, what did he do? He had corporate espionage in place all over throughout America. Then, for instance, as these other groups start getting oil in the rest of the world, well, what happens is you had this espionage going on throughout the rest of the world. Now, these same spies, especially here in at least this nation, you'll find out especially these dirty wheelers and dealers like the Dulleses and 
you know, there's multiple layers and names that go here. Oh, yes, the Bush family, oh, they've got some, quite some past going into this. So we move this back and forth and back and forth. All of a sudden you realize, hey, wait a minute. This covenant with death, there's something going on here. Revolution of 1905 in Russia. This is where we have uh, Lenin make his first appearance. What happens when this happened in Russia? The Baku oil fields were set ablaze. You understand that uh, the Russian oil fields were the first full-blown competition for these robber oil barons. As you move forward here, you come into 1908. You have the discovery of oil in Persia, which leads to the Anglo-Persian, later British Petroleum. Agdar crisis, Churchill becomes first Lord Admiralty, uses Supreme Court, orders dissolution of Standard Oil Trust. That was in 1911. British government acquires 51% of Anglo-Persian oil company, World War I, and mechanization of the battlefield, both in 1914. Then 1917, we have the next phase in the 1905 revolution that lit their oil fields ablaze with the Bolshevik Revolution. We can sit here and continue to go through this timeline. When we lock this into everything that led to the formation of Israel, we lock this in to these wars. All the way across the board, everybody, there's a pattern here. 1932 to 33, Shah Reza Pahlavi cancels the Anglo-Iranian concession. Anglo-Iranian wins it back. Oh, they didn't like that when that happened. We just keep going through this. Everybody look. It's really, it boils into these robber barons, this insatiable thirst to continue to have their pockets padded. But look, folks, when you got so much money as these people do, it doesn't become about money anymore. It's about control. It's about absolute hegemony over the world. We've got other little stories, things that come up here, for instance, in Isaiah 28, Mount Perazim, or Baal Perazim. You go on to find out that this place is a place called Givat Ram. You go on to find out on top of it that the 10th Legion was stationed here, they found multiple archaeological remains. Who are the 10th Legion? It's the Roman Legion that brought down Israel and the destruction of the temple in AD 70. You keep moving forward. You all of a sudden find out in this very place, the same one I just brought up, that same mount, the same modern location, May 23rd, this article was released. Trump's trip to Israel, in one word, excellent. As you go on to read the article, for one, this is the last stop where there's all these different speeches took place. 
out of an Israeli news source, the further you go into this, the more you realize, well, the people in Israel know exactly full well you cannot trust this leader here in this nation. And when it is openly apparent to the whole rest of the world, not to even mention at least those of us here on the ground in the United States that we have got an administration that's filled with white supremacist folks. And that suddenly, you know, Ibn Saad, who was used by the intelligence agency from Britain as a uh, backlash against the Sykes-Picot Agreement, who also openly became Nazis supporters during World War II. You begin to see a pattern again. You see the same pattern all over the place. And the very wise uh, person that wrote this article stated everything for what it was. This ain't good. They know it. I want to know why everybody else here, at least in this nation, hasn't realized this. (coughs) And this is why you have to ask serious questions like I've had to ask here. I've had to look at things. In a whole other light, you begin to realize some very frightening things as time goes on here. You know, what what was happening here in Argentina, everybody, at the end of World War II? Why have we found, through declassified documentation, let's just be straight to the point. This is declassified intelligence files, starting with CIA, FBI files, but lo and behold, the more the investigations get going... Suddenly, everybody's intelligence files worldwide have been dumped into the investigations that are currently in place. I mean, how many people caught a very strange news story that happened here in this last couple of weeks? June 22nd of 2017. And I got this from uh, Jewish News, actually, because the West is trying to um, laugh about this and say, oh, this is not real, blah, blah, blah. Trove of Nazi artifacts unearthed in Argentina. Buenos Aires, a cache of 75 original Nazi objects discovered earlier this month by the Argentina Federal Police has been evaluated as unprecedented and this biggest discovery of its type. Now, folks, I would advise going in and looking for this article. Here, let's see. Intermountain Jewish News. Trove of Nazi artifacts unearthed in Argentina. I'm going to point out a nice little detail for those of you here in the West that have access to uh, some documentation, some documentaries out there in a series just done by the History Channel. Because personally, at least sadly enough, I kind of think the title is a little bit misleading because it's called Hunting Hitler. Yet when you get through these two weeks, you begin to realize that Hitler has nothing to do with who it is they're hunting. Because there's only evidence leading to one person that continually is showing up nonstop. And there's nothing but circumstantial, no solidifying evidence that Hitler either may have or did not make it out. I think they have some good points with the evidence pointing to the fact that it's possible. Hitler's not the story. The story is Martin Bormann. And Martin Bormann was the power 
behind the throne. He was a financial empire. He did all the wheeling and dealing in this department, and as Nazi Germany was beginning to lose, all power was given over to Bormann. Bormann's whole idea was to continue this Fourth Reich. This idea would be easy to ignore if it wasn't for when you begin to analyze the facts, when you begin to analyze what we've seen crop up in the rest of the world as we speak, as we have this emphatic hatred ripping all throughout, especially the Western nations. It's not the only place you're finding it, because quite obviously the Islamists and the terror networks, they have their own brand with this pan-Arabism, with their own variants. We have the Neo-Ottomans. We have, the, this goes for days, folks, on end. When you find out that this Borman keeps showing up nonstop in these investigations, you find out in Argentina they literally had a military installation set up in the middle of a jungle right on a great big rock in the middle of this little spot in Argentina, this little island that this nuclear scientist from Germany was given, and you find out they were in there developing nuclear weapons. When you start looking at all the rest of the trail, maybe there's something going on here. And maybe this covenant of death is far more sinister than we ever considered. Maybe Isaiah 28 showing us something very important. Let us consider what happened at the time of the Balfour Agreement when it was brought into the League of Nations. You see, three days later, Balfour kind of brings the Sykes-Picot Agreement in and lets them know, oh, by the way, the Balfour Agreement? No, that's not the heart of the matter. They let them know, we don't even care about that. The Sykes-Picot, though, and then it led to another agreement. Let me try to grab that quickly here in my notes to point out what that one was called because that's even the bigger one. The really big one. Because we had another agreement, the San Ramo oil agreements. Also, you can find this as the uh, British-French oil agreement. You can find all kinds of information about this. See, folks, we've been looking for the Higo. We've been looking for these empires that are divided up into the four horns. When you look at these things, when you look at what happened here as a result of the end of World War I, you compare this to the breakup of Alexander's empire at the time of the Diodaci Wars. You overlay them with the Sykes-Picot, with this British-French oil agreement. You start looking at the whole picture, tracing this back, working slowly through time. Folks, you realize we're in a different place than we thought. When you start understanding that, you look at everything around us. Remember that covenant of death and Sheol, or death and Hades? What does it say follows behind that fourth writer? Death and Hades. We have been reevaluating how we have been looking at this entirety of end time prophecy and carefully going through the last few hundred years with a fine-tooth comb. And there's a whole different picture appearing, folks. 
I think it's time we all start taking a closer look and maybe considering some very important details we may have overlooked here. And with that last three to, well, overdrive, we'll give us a few more minutes. I'm going to give it back over to you guys. It's amazing everything you've looked into this week, Brian. Uh, You and I have talked several times about this rise, and it's just amazing to me that uh, in the middle of this spiel, Clinton sent me an article, and I just can't really believe what I'm reading here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking about it for a while now, but the past year, past six months, the rise of nationalism and where to look. And Brian has been talking uh, over the past few weeks about this area. And let me just get Clinton on here to tell us what is going on in Hungary, because I don't like the looks of this at all. So, Clinton, can you describe this article that you sent to me? Yeah, I was going through, and and as uh, both uh, uh, Matthew and Brian were talking, I was posting the news articles on Twitter um, you know, so we, you know, the followers could see what we're talking about. And when Brian was talking about Hungary and uh, uh, also white supremacists, uh, there's an article that came up from The Guardian. And it, it, the title is Hungarian Far Right Launches a New Political Party. And it goes on and says, hundreds of Hungarian right-wing militants gather in Budapest, uh, Budapest to launch a political movement that they hope will run in new, next year's parliamentary elections on a platform that includes open racism. Hungary's main opposition party, the Jovic, um, has been moved away from its far-right roots in staking out a more centralist position uh, that has uh, created space for a new hard-right initiative. Three groups uh, held a rally in the suburbs of a town I can't pronounce. Uh, and, it, and it basically goes on and basically says that this party that they're, they're creating is... It's it's basically a, a flat out open, like far right, white supremacist party that is being founded in Hungary, um, that is being fueled by um, the Hungarian government um, and their attacks against the uh, Jewish Hungarian uh, George Soros, um, and and it continues on with this article. I mean, it, uh, it says at one point. Um, world's history is made and lost on population and the fight for living space and the fight to hold on to different space. Anyone who says different is either delusional or lying. Any way you look at it, the strongest always wins. And he added this uh, interview, he added, I have race awareness. I am proud to be a white European and I reserve the right to defend that. Um, and so I, I want to just bring that up and, and maybe you know, hit on Brian and see what, what your take is on, on this rise of this party. Well, I mean, it's, I noticed this article is in, uh, was written in 2014 and we know full well between uh, Hungary, I believe it is, that's got this uh, new dictatorial regime that's taken uh, the helm 
I could be off on that. It might be Austria. But nonetheless, you know, there's just in the headline, there's some things that catch my attention. Hungary's new ambassador to where? To Italy. Thinks Jews are agents of Satan who enslaved mankind. Italy catches my attention real quick. We understand the underhanded dealing that went on during World War II with the Vatican. Don't let us forget Mussolini. This sets off all kinds of alarms. And folks, there's still a lot of history I want to go through because understanding the roots of what happened throughout the European nations, you know, even going into Russia and so forth, into Poland, all the way through, understanding the roots of what brought about all this anti-Semitism in the first place throughout the Middle Ages, it you start realizing that it goes back to the same pattern, that the Jewish people were the ones that were basically the nobility that was holding up the monarchies, the dynastic leaders, whatever it may be, you know, the kings essentially in that time. And all of a sudden you start to find out, well, they can't afford to pay them back. You see, we, we get a sort of myth that's been given to us through all these conspiratorial circles. But when you look at the actual history, you begin to realize that they, this really started to flare up due to the fact that, well, they didn't want to pay back their debts that all these kingdoms owed to these people propping them up. And it starts to disturb you. Let me throw this in here. Um, I'm over here investigating them uh, from an Israeli site. And here's some inside numbers. Um, As of 2014, they have secured 20.54% of the total National Assembly. Now, what is very disturbing is this is their party platform that I can't seem to find in English sources, but I sure got it in Hebrew. This party is named Jabok, uh, J-O-B-B-I-K or Q in English, either or. But what they want to do is get back the losses that uh, was incurred to them on the Treaty of Trianon. What's the Treaty of Trianon? Ladies and gentlemen, let's go back to World War One. Okay? Please try to understand that this is the treaty that balkanized Hungary, or what we would call today Austria-Hungary. Please uh, look that treaty up, the Treaty of Trianon, that is T-R-I-A-N-O-N. You go look into them, this is their goal, is to take back the property, the territories that they lost in World War I. They make no no bones about it. Uh, that's why this is on the news front too with these guys. Uh, they are dead set. It, it's released in an article on BBC that they staunchly support bringing back the death penalty uh, by promising to restore capital punishment if they come to power. Ladies and gentlemen, this ain't no joke. Um, they argue that the national police should should be greatly strengthened along with the Fidesz, which supports introducing a three-strikes law. 
ladies and gentlemen. Uh, these people have been pushed too far. And I suggest you all take a serious look into this. But, uh, oh my goodness, we're running really thin on time. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out that as soon as as I couldn't find anything else on this party, I just switched it over, went to my Israeli news sites, and I found it in Hebrew. Uh, like I said, that this is their intention, is to reclaim the lands taken from them in the Treaty of Trianon uh, at the end of World War I. And they are staunchly blaming the bankers, which they encodedly call and refer to as Canaanites. Much like uh, occurs throughout the rest of the West. Even though everybody knows that, you know, all bankers are not Jews, that's how they are seeing it. That's how they're perceiving it, and it is driving them into a frenzy. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, you we, we, we better keep on this... Rise of nationalism, it's it's coming. I mean, at the heart of it, that's why UK just told everybody you can't fish in our waters off our coast. It is part and parcel with protectionism. Only the Lord is forcing the issue. So, Clinton, why don't you come on and say your goodbyes for the week and let everybody know where they can... Uh, catch you on Twitter and your websites and all that. Yeah, everyone, it, uh, it's a pleasure as always to be on here with you. Um, you know, that, that last article with the rise of uh, the far right in Hungary, um, that article came out today, actually, and I just posted on my Twitter as well, so it's there. Um, you can find me on ClintonCoWatch.com or on Twitter just under ClintonCoWatch and also on uh, with the Diligent Watchman on Podbean. If uh, you want to listen to that as well, uh, thank you everyone for your support, and uh, you know, look forward to next time. All right, Brian, let everybody know uh, where they can find you—the Twitter, the website, and all that—and say goodbye for the week. Uh, you can find me at overtattentionshow.com, and the same. Uh, just type in the same thing on Twitter. If you need to email me, you can get a hold of me at thebandsoftime at gmail.com. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us, and God bless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have internalized the information shared with you today. This is not entertainment. And if you're coming here to be entertained, you're on the wrong side of the fence. Now, we're going to continue over the next few weeks to go through the Book of Asaph for the break. Just so you all know, that is Psalms chapter 50 and Psalms chapter 73 through 83. So it's 12 chapters long. Chapter 50 serves as a prelude. 
You need to read it, believe it, and internalize it. You can find me. Just search the End Time Tribune. Don't worry. You'll find me. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. Godspeed.